Hello. Thank you for listening to the Avenue GCLC podcast. My name is Christopher Stevens, and I'm the minister at the Avenue G Church of Christ, where we are people of more. We hope that you enjoy and have enjoyed listening to this podcast, where you can find sermons, congregational singing, and talk shows with myself and youth minister Joshua Williams. We pray that the content is a blessing to you, and we hope that everyone listening can join us in person for worship and Bible class. We are located at 601 West Avenue G, Temple, Texas, 76504. And don't forget to visit us online at avegcoc.org. From the people of Moore to you, thank you and God bless. It's a blessing once again to be in the house of God in the building and having God's people in the building. It's a blessing to be here. I want to also say that we see you. We know you're online. We see you there. And we're glad that you're able to still uh, worship with us, those who are at risk and uh, those who still holding out just a little bit longer. We want you to know that uh, we're, we're glad that you're here with us. On today, uh, we, we don't start a new sermon series today, but we're going to be looking at um, the book of Mark on today. The title for this morning's lesson is Self-Help. Self-Help. We all in here have heard of books that point out to us our problems, and then they give us a way in order to address our problems, and, and we call those books self-help books. Most of the time, though, uh, they involve making you feel good about what you're already doing, and not a lot of help is involved in it. But I want to, this morning, point your hearts in the direction of who we can go to for help. And so this morning, I start out by uh, speaking about a minority group, a minority group. Uh, this, this week uh, that we have just ended has been one that has been very trying, has been one that has been full of discussion. Uh, I, I've encouraged others throughout this week, um, instead of engaging in conversation that ends actual conversation to ask questions, to be honest about how you feel, and to listen with an open heart. Not to respond, but listen with an open heart. And the minority group that I want to talk about this morning are black people, African Americans, the Negro people, whatever it is that you refer to yourself as in this country, that's what I want to discuss this morning. And on this evening or afternoon, I want to look at the question that I've been private messaged all last week by our brothers and sisters who happen to be white. They have asked, what can I do? How can I help? We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that this evening or this afternoon. But on this morning, I want to talk to you about something, this minority group that exists here in America. I want to first start off by saying that black people do not have a, mono, uh, a, a monopoly on pain and sorrow and oppression. But the thing that is on everyone's mind right now is this minority group, a minority group who was first brought into this country, enslaved people, in the year 1619, a people who were held in captivity without their consent, for years upon years, who were then given the mirage of freedom in 1865, only to find out that they were not actually free. They were given throughout the years, a hundred years later, they, they, they were existed in a country where they were told that they were full citizens and they had the right to vote, only to find out that that voting right would be suppressed. This minority group has existed through redlining. They have exist, existed through Jim Crow. They have had their culture and their language erased. 
They have had the family structure broken. And they've been set back in this country for far too long. And when you start to take all of that in and you look at the history books and you understand that your history doesn't quite fit in with the narrative of the country in which we reside in, it, it makes you angry. And it causes you to feel and to say and to do things that you would not normally do. And you have this burden upon yourself as a black person where you're holding it in constantly. And you're trying to suppress how you feel so that others can feel comfortable. You're trying to suppress how you feel so you can make it through your day and not jeopardize your jobs, not jeopardize your careers, not jeopardize your family. And that thing that exists, that poison history in which we continue to see over and over injustice toward minorities, not just black people, but injustice in general. We see it on video after having seen the body of Emmett Till in national magazines, broken and bruised, and we look at it and we say, do you believe us now? And no, no, it's not believed. Now we have video evidence and Nothing said or done, and you, you get to the point to where your, your, your soul, your spirit is possessed by this poison history. Your spirit is at war with itself at times. So what do you do? Where do you go when you lose control? Where do you go when you're so upset that you don't want to be around others. You don't want to have a conversation. You don't want to deal peacefully as we saw people dealing peacefully in protest the other day. What do you do? Where do you go when you lose control? When you are possessed by the reality that some people believe, some hateful people believe that you are less than human. I believe the answer is Jesus. Turn with me to chapter 5. Turn with me to chapter 5 of Mark. And we're going to examine today verses 1 through 20. Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. Say amen when you're there. I get to hear a louder, audible amen now that we have more folks in the building. Say amen on the live stream if you're there. You got to be there if you're looking at the live stream already. And the Bible says in verse number one, they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately, can we say immediately? Can we type in immediately? I know that's a hard one to spell too. Immediately. I-M-M-E-D-I-A-T-E-L-Y. Immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs and no one could bind him anymore. Not even with a chain. For he had often been bound with shackles and chain. Can we say bound how many of us have been bound by our emotions? How many of us have been bound by the things that go through our mind on a day-to-day basis, especially when we see what we see on the news? Bound with shackles and chains. But he wrenched the chains apart, and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Verse number five reads, Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out, and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he was saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Can we say unclean spirit? Unclean spirit. A lot of us right now are possessed by unclean spirits, and we need to get that right. Because two wrongs don't make a right. A wrong action doesn't correct a a wrong action. Verse number 9, the Bible says, And Jesus asked him, What is your name? 
He replied, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him, saying, send us to the pigs. Let us enter them. So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs and the herd, numbering about 2,000. They rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. The herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country, and people came to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had had the legion sitting there, clothed and in his right mind. Can we say clothed and in his right mind? Clothed and in his right mind. Can we say it again? Clothed and in his right mind. Clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Verse 16, and those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs, and they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him, but said to him, go home. Can we say go home? Go home. Can we type in go home? Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he's had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and everyone marveled. I want to take a moment of your time right now to discuss self-help. I want you to first, when we look at this text, I want you to see in this text there are three forces present, and the first one is the adversary. The first one is the adversary. As we look at verses 1 through 5, we begin to see exactly what I'm talking about. The Bible says again, do we have a reader on this morning? The Bible says what? They came to the other side of the sea. They came to the other side of the sea. To the country of the Gerasenes. To the country of the Gerasenes, okay? And when Jesus had stepped out and of the boat. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat. Immediately. Immediately. There met him. There met him. Out of the tomb. Keep reading. A man with an unclean spirit. A man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs. He lived among the tombs. And no one could bind him anymore. And no one could bind him anymore. Not Pause either. right there. Pause right there. I meant to stop you at the end of verse number two. I want to look at the, the unclean spirit here. As we look at how the adversary works, I want you to understand understand that the adversary does not have good intentions for you. The adversary does not want to see you succeed. And an unclean spirit can easily get a foothold in our lives. And, and if an unclean spirit is able to be within you, it will cultivate sinful actions within you. If we allow the things that are happening in our country right now to make us not behave as Christians, to cause our heart to not be concerned with what God would have us to do, to not be concerned with God being the priority and the authority in all of our lives, I want you to know that the unclean spirit will cause you to do things that are not normal in the life of a Christian. The Bible says that this man lived in the tombs, and this man had an unclean spirit. Go ahead and read uh, verse number three there. He lived among the tombs. Keep reading. And no one combined him anymore. No one combined him. Come on. Not even with the chain. Uh-huh. For he had often been bound with shackles right. and chains. Okay. But he wrenched the chains apart, uh-huh. and he broke the shackles in read pieces. Read through verse number five. Come on. Keep no going. No one had the strength to no subdue one. him. No one. No one had the strength to subdue him. Come on. Night and day uh-huh. among the tombs All right. and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. Look at the position of this man. This man is in a position to where he, because he has unclean spirits in him, he can't do right by himself. All day, all night, he's crying out. All day, all night, crying out, not having anybody respond to him. He begins to cut himself just as we do when we begin to do destructive things that cause us to break the law, that cause us to speak out against a whole race of people when it's just hateful people who have sin in their hearts, not race. It's not a black and white thing. It's a hate thing. 
And the root of that hate is sin. But these unclean spirits that take over our hearts, they cause us to look at a whole race of people and say, we don't like them. We hate them like they hate us. An unclean spirit will have you doing things that don't make sense in the kingdom of God. And if you call yourself a Christian and you say that you hate another race of people that sin, if you call yourself a Christian and you're okay with the injustice of other people, that is not of the kingdom of God. Don't tell your brothers and sisters who are suffering, suffering and suffering to just be quiet and wait. And if you're the brother or sister who is in suffering right now, it does not, it does not give you permission to sin. This man here exists in the mountains. He has an unclean spirit. And those who are at work with the adversary, with Satan, with Lucifer, with Bezebub, or whatever name you want to give him today, we won't glorify him today. But what we will do is point out what he does. The book of John, chapter 10, verse number 10, the Bible says what about the, the adversary? What does it say? The thief comes. It calls him a thief in John 10, 10. It says the thief comes, comes what? Only to steal. He only comes to steal. And kill. And kill. And destroy. And destroy. His main objective is to steal. He wants to steal your joy that you have, the peace that you have in the midst of the suffering, in the midst of your problem, in the midst of systematic oppression. He wants to steal your joy. Well, well help us. He wants to steal your joy. What else? He wants to kill and destroy. What he does is he presents something to you that seems good, but in the end is going to lead to death. I'm not, I'm not, I'm convinced that the fruit presented in the garden looked edible and looked good, but it led to the death of Adam and Eve. It took away from the eternal life that they should have had with God. The devil wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Keep reading. I came. Uh-huh. I came. They, that they may have that life. That they may have life. And have it abundantly. And have it abundantly. That's what God does through does for us. First Peter verse uh, chapter five, verses eight and eight through nine. What else does it say about the adversary? Be sober minded. Be sober minded. Be watchful. Be watchful. Your adversary, the, the devil. The adversary, the devil. Prowls around, prowls like, a around like a roaring lion. Seeking someone to devour. I want you to understand that the devil knows that you're suffering. The devil knows that you live in a society that has a system against you. The devil knows that when you see those images of George Floyd, when you see the images of many people uh, being abused by those in authority, he knows that you connect that with Emmett Till. He knows that you connect that with Jim Crow. He knows that you connect that with slavery. He knows that you connect that with a family that has been broken throughout history. He knows that you connect that to a people who have lived in a country for 400 years and still are not treated like humans. He knows that, and he, he roams around like a lion looking for the weak. And you see these leaders, so-called leaders, stand up before their own people and incite them to violence and tell them that they should do that, saying, we're going to demand things. We're going to do this thing, thing, thing. And then what they do is disappear while the people who are actually protesting are getting shot by rubber bullets, broken down in the streets. This is what the devil does. He works through people that we see as leaders. He'll say to that leader, that wolf in sheep clothing, put on a suit. Put on a suit. You've been doing your bad business in a church building, calling yourself a pastor. Put on a suit and incite people to violence. Say one thing when the cameras are turned on and then talk about white devils when it's turned off. And he uses those individuals to seek out those who are weak and who will follow their own platforms as they care more for publicity than they do for people. He, ro he, he prowls around like a roaring lion. Keep reading that. Resist him. 
It says in verse number nine, resist him. Firm in your faith. Firm in your faith. Knowing that the same kinds of suffering uh-huh. are being experienced by being your brotherhood. Being experienced by your brotherhood. Throughout the world. Throughout the world. I want you and I need you to know today and understand that we are not alone in suffering. We are not alone in suffering. There are many people throughout the world who are suffering. We have a front row seat to the suffering that's happening here. That's the only difference. That's the only difference. So when we look at the adversary, I want you to know that Satan will use what he can to rob you of what God has for you. Satan will use what he can to rob you of what God has for you. Do not become possessed with what is not of God. Do not come become possessed with what is not of God. We will allow many things to touch our hearts, to affect us in a negative way. Painful histories, current events, and fake leaders. Do not be possessed with what is not of God. The second, go to the next slide. The next force of nature here that we will look at is society. Society. Jump back to verse number three. The Bible says, he lived among the tombs. Come on, read. And no one could bind him and anymore. And no one can bind him anymore. Not even with a chain. Not even with a chain. Can you imagine? This, look at this. This being a regular human being, they had gone to this man who's living among the tombs, and they wrapped him up with chains, and they could not contain him. The chains could not hold him. Keep reading. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains. They tried to bound him with shackles and chains. Come on. But he wrenched the chains apart. He wrenched them apart. He broke them apart. Come on. He broke the shackles in pieces. Can you imagine for a moment, use your imagination to picture this. This man has shackles, chains around him, and he's breaking them into pieces. Keep reading. No one had the strength to subdue him. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day. Uh Uh-huh. Among the tombs. Right. And on the mountains. He was always crying out uh-huh. and cutting himself. I want with you to see in this man's present condition, as we look at the scriptures and as we allow ourselves to walk in God's word, that this man was existing in a society that tried his best to help him by bounding him with shackles and chains, and it could not do it because he had a problem that was bigger than the chains and stronger than the chains that they tried to wrap him in. Society is not going to help you with this problem that possesses so many black people. Laws will not change the heart of men. It was illegal to own other human beings, and they created another system to own human beings. It was illegal to be racist against other black people, and then they created Jim Crow. It was illegal not to hire somebody based on their color of their skin or their gender. And it's still happening today. Affirmative action failed. Society cannot answer the problem because the problem is sin. And society is made up of human beings who needed help with the problem of sin. They tried to bind him with shackles and chains but it was no help. They tried to subdue him, but it was no help. But I want you to see what happens. Because he's possessed, listen, because he's possessed, the demons, the unclean spirit that is within him, allow him to break the shackles and chains. Pay attention to this point here. I don't want you to miss this. When he was possessed with the unclean spirit, he had the ability to break the shackles and the chains that were put on to him by society. Just like if you give in to that unclean spirit and you go about the business of rioting and looting for a moment, it seems like you broke out of the shackles. But I want you to see that even though this man is able to break out of these shackles, he's still living in existence to where he was hollering day and night and cutting himself. Because he's still not gotten rid of the unclean spirits. 
You can go and you can break windows. You can go and you can steal. You can go and you can be in violent protest. But I want you to understand that even though it may feel like it's fixed for a moment, you still have the problem of sin. You still have the problem of a history of sin that is influencing you and possessing you to do things that God would not have you to do. The problem is not solved. It's a temporary fix. You simply put it off for a day. You simply put it off for a night. All you do when you engage in violence, when you engage in hate, is you change the narrative. It is no longer about injustice of humanity, but it's about people who are being violent and sinful and not of God. Luke chapter 8, verse number 25. The Bible says, look at this, Luke 8, 29. For, he had, for com- he had commanded. Go ahead, Josh. For he had commanded the unclean spirit. Look at this. He had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. Uh huh. For many a time. For many a time, him. it has seized him. He this was- is from a different account. Luke writes about this account too. It says that the unclean spirit had seized him. Come on, keep he reading. He was kept under guard. He was kept under guard, bound with chains uh-huh. and shackles. Uh huh. But he would break the bonds. Uh huh. And be driven by uh-huh. the demon into the desert. He would be in the situation to where he would go to a worse place than what he was. Taken to a place where he would be in a worse condition. I need you to also see this. Those people who are hateful and believe that racism is the right way, they too are possessed by unclean spirits. They too are possessed by unclean spirits. They have allowed the things that they've been taught throughout their lives to dictate how they treat other people. And so when we engage in having unclean spirits and we give way to unclean spirits, you're just allowing the demons to have their way, destroy us. Again, I say, for those patriots who believe that patriotism is the same as Christianity, it's not. You believe that being American is the same as being a Christian. It's not. There's Christians all over the world, and I need you to understand again that laws will not change the heart of men. Getting upset about uh, uh, our society and our structure, not being able to prove that someone is racist, that's not going to be able to do it. There's no test for racism. You won't see somebody convicted of being guilty of racism in a court of law. They can't do it. So I say again, laws cannot change the heart of men. You, Christian, you, Christians, you, Christians, have the ability to pass on the very thing that can change the hearts of men. We can eradicate polio in this country. We can make it to where a child never gets chicken pox. But we cannot change the heart of men in America. We can do many great things. Don't get me wrong, America has done some great things. We can send people to the moon, but we can't get inside of this here the way that God can. When it comes to the problem of the heart, society still has no answers to fix these issues. They still have no answers to fix these issues. So again, we look at this man. We look at this man. He comes into to, to, to confrontation with the third force. And this third force is the Savior. Amen. It's the Savior. Amen. I said it's the Savior. Amen. The Bible says in Mark chapter 4, verse 39, it says that Jesus, so you look at chapter 4, it says that Jesus was crossing across a sea, crossing across a body of water, and a storm rose up. And everybody on the ship was afraid. Everybody on the ship was worried about their life, but Jesus, knowing in all that he had a mission on the other side of the shore, Jesus, he woke and he said to the storm, he rebuked the storm, he said, peace, be still. He told the storm, I have business on the other side of this body of water. Jesus came in the midst of the storm to meet a man who was demon-possessed. He said, I need to go through this storm. I don't need this boat turning over. I don't need to show them that I can walk on water right now. What I need to do is make it through this storm so I can come into contact with this man. Jesus told the storm, shut up and be quiet. There's a man who needs help on the other side of this water. 
as we look at Mark chapter 5, verse number 6, the Bible says that this man having this unclean spirit about himself, being possessed by demons, it says when he saw Jesus. From afar. From afar. He ran. He ran. Fell down before him. And fell down before him. Don't miss this point. Please don't miss this point. This man was in a situation to where instead of living in a home, he chose to live in the tombs or among the tombs. Instead of having clothes on him, he chose to go around without clothing. Instead of taking care of his body, he chose to cut his body. All day and all night, he's screaming and he's hollering because he can't find peace. And this man cannot be, cannot be restrained by society but when he comes into contact with Jesus and he sees Jesus afar off Jesus doesn't have to come extra close to him when he sees Jesus he bows down before him and I want you to know that if you have unclean spirits within you that you can't seem to fight on your own and you know it you know what you think when you see things on the news. You know how you want to treat your white brothers and sisters in Christ when you see things happening in this country. And I want you to know that if you come into contact with Jesus, it has no choice but to bow down. He sees Jesus from afar off, and he falls down before him. And crying out with a loud voice. He cries out with a loud voice. He said, he said what have you to do with me? What have to do with me, Jesus. Jesus. The unclean spirit that's in him understands that he needs to bow down before the Savior. He needs to bow down behind the real authority that exists. He's been controlling this man, but when it comes to Jesus, he must bow down. Keep reading, Josh. Jesus, son of the most high, Uh high God, I adjure you by God. Jesus. Do not torment me. He says to Jesus, do not torment me as I've been tormenting this man. Do not do me how I've been doing this man. Jesus comes through the midst of the storm with all grace, all kindness to meet this man where he's at. And I want you to know that you're not too far gone. You may say to yourself, I've experienced too much hate throughout my lifetime. I was alive when segregation existed. I went to an all-black high school. I was a part of the integration of the black and the white people together into schools. I used to be served at restaurants through the back door. I want you to know that there is still hope and Jesus will meet you where you are. He will meet you where you are, naked, cut up, in spirit, unclean spirit possessed. He will meet you where you are. Verse number seven, what does the Bible say? Crying out with a loud voice. He, he cries said, out with a loud voice. What does it say? What have you to do with me, Jesus? Keep reading. Son of the most high God, uh-huh. I adjure you by God, uh-huh. do not torment me. For he Please. was saying to him, uh-huh. come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Jesus allows again, he allows uh, the, the, the man with the unclean spirit to speak to him. And I want you to see what the demon does. The demon He confesses his belief system to Jesus. Look at how he confesses his belief system to Jesus. And this is what you ought to have uh, hope in as well. He confesses his belief system to Jesus. The first thing that he confesses is the authority of Jesus. He says, son of the most high God. This, this unclean spirit that has taken this creation of God and made it cut itself and howl all day and night and live amongst things that are dead and cause him to go out into the desert, seizing his body over and over. When he comes into contact with Jesus, he, he confesses the authority of Jesus. Then he confesses the reality of the judgment of Jesus. He says, Jesus, I know that you have the ability to do with me as you please. I know that, oh, I may be able to take over this man and cause him to do things that are not normal for your creation. I want, I want you to know that I understand that you hold the keys of judgment. You hold the power. I know this about you, Jesus. And then the demon also says, I know my final destination. And another passage, the demon asks Jesus, please don't send me into the abyss. Not right now. I know that it's coming in a judgment, but don't send me into the abyss right now. And that's hope for today, that one day, The thing that causes me to act like I'm not a child of God. The thing that causes me to have evil thoughts about my brothers and sisters. It's going to be in the abyss. It's going to be in a deep place and it won't show its face any longer. 
Jesus continues. Verse number nine, the Bible says, and Jesus asked him, what did he say, Josh? What is your name? He says, what is your name? He replied. He replied. My name is Legion. He said, my name is Legion. Well, we I want men. you to see in this that, that the Bible uh, tells us this for a reason. As Mark here writes this, he's pointing out to us that those readers would have understood in that time a Roman uh, a, a unit of a legion would have consisted of, uh, of up to 6,000 people. This man has thousands, potentially, thousands of unclean spirits in him. And I know that this just isn't just a race thing with us, because I know on top of the race thing that you might have to deal with, you might have been oppressed in other ways in your life. You're dealing with hurt and pain from your job. You're dealing with hurt and pain from relationships. You're dealing with hurt and pain from your homes. You're dealing with hurt and pain because you've been taken advantage of as a woman. Someone has raped you, and it still lives in your heart on top of the systematic oppression. You're, 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 you're someone who has been done wrong by a spouse, and it still lives on your heart on top of it. You've been done wrong by people confessing themselves to be children of God, and it still lives on top of the racism, and we have legions of unclean spirits within us. They must bow down to Jesus. They will bow down to Jesus. He says, my name is Legion, for we are many. Verse number 10, what does the Bible say? And he begged him earnestly. The spirits, the unclean spirits, they begged him earnestly, what? Not to send them out of the country. Not to send them out of the country. Listen now, to this, come on. Now a great herd of pigs. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there, was on, the feeding there on the hillside. And they begged him. They begged him, saying, saying send us to the send pigs. Us to the pigs. Let, us enter, Let us enter them. I want you to see just how uh, finally the unclean spirits, the adversary, thinks of you. They say, there's no difference from me being in this man and being in pigs. So when the adversary presents to you a way that is not of God and it seems appealing, I want you to understand it's not for your benefit. It's not for your benefit. He does not want to see you do well. He does not want to see you have peace. He does not want to see you have joy. The adversary wants to see you suffering. He wants to see you in the same position that he's in. He begs now to be sent in two pigs because they don't think highly of mankind. And if you give in to the demons, know that they care nothing about you or what you believe in. Keep reading, Josh. So he gave them permission. So Jesus gave permission. And the unclean spirits uh -huh. came out and entered the pigs uh -huh. and the herd. And the herd. Numbering about 2,000. Uh-huh. Rushed down the steep bank uh -huh. into the sea and drowned in the sea. Now I want you to know and understand that when we read this, we see just pigs and a herd running down into the water. But I want you to understand that when they see this at this time, this is dollar signs running into the water. This is money running into the water. Now, if these people are Jewish people, they're already sinning because they ain't supposed to be dealing with pigs anyway. But this is money running into the water. And I want you to see this. And I want you to pay attention and pass this on to your community leaders, your city leaders. Pass this on to them. Jesus was not concerned more about the economy than he was about the people. Jesus didn't care about that money going into that water. Jesus said, I'm concerned about the one man, so I'll let these many pigs go into the water. I'll let this money go into the water so that this one man can be okay. I'm not so concerned about money that I don't care about people. Is the lesson that Jesus shows here. He doesn't care about that. He loved people first. And we need to have people who are in office who love people. Who are not concerned with dominating people, but who love all people. Who will say, I know that everybody else is okay, but the one person, the one race group, the one minority, the one gender being mistreated, I care about them too, and I will do everything that I can to make sure they're okay. Jesus shows us that he doesn't care about economy more than he cares about people. I'm preaching today. I ain't going to go that long, Brother Ron. I ain't going to preach at midnight. Keep reading, Josh. 
The herdsmen fled uh -huh. and told it into the city uh -huh. and in the country. Right. And people came to see what it was that had happened. You see, the people who were herding, they were caring about the pigs. They fled because they knew we just lost a whole lot of money. And they told the people in the city, in the country, the people came to see what happened. Verse 15 and 16, read that for me. And they came to Jesus. And they came to Jesus. And saw the demon-possessed man. And they saw man, the demon-possessed man. The one who had had the legion. Listen, come on. Sitting there. Sitting there. Clothed. Clothed. And in his right mind. In his right mind. And they were afraid. And they were afraid. I want you to know that if you are in the position of having unclean spirits, you've engaged in actions that you should not have engaged in. You've been violent in what should have been peaceful protest. You have stolen in what should have been peaceful protest. You have thought ill of your white brothers and sisters simply because they are white and you are a child of God. I want you to know that Jesus can fix it, but I also need you to understand that when you get yourself in your right mind, when you are in your right mind, people will be astonished at the change. People will be astonished at the change. They will look and say, okay, I, I know what this person is going through, but how in the world are they now in their right mind, clothed and acting with some sense? When I saw them just a moment ago breaking chains, they will say, how does this happen? And I want you to know that, it's, that at this very moment in which this happens, that's your moment to witness to the power of Jesus. Verse number 16, what does it say? And those who had seen it. And those who had seen it, they saw it with their own two eyes. Described to them. They described to them. What had happened to the demon-possessed man, demon man. And to the pigs. Uh-huh. And they be began to beg Jesus. Pause that right there. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus gives the ability for us to become new creatures. We used to be one way. Jesus gives the ability and he has the power to allow us to become new. 2 Corinthians 5, verse number 17, what does the Bible say there? The Bible says, therefore, therefore if anyone is in if Christ. If anyone, if anyone, that means it doesn't matter if you are black, white, Hispanic, Latino, whatever it is, whether you're a man or a woman, anyone, if anyone is in Christ, come on. He is a new creation. He is a new creation. Read. The old has passed the away. The old has passed away. Behold. Behold. The new has come. The new has come. I don't know. I don't, I don't care what you've done in your past, and I don't know what you've done in your past. You know what you've done in your past. I want you to know for sure that when you come into contact with Jesus and when you're in Jesus Christ, baptized for the remission of your sins, you are a new creation, and everything you've done in your past is gone. And I thank God for taking that burden off of me. And those who are already in Christ, when you put on some more baggage, you ask them for forgiveness, and it's forgiven. You see, he came into some contact with some, some, some forces, but when he came in touch with the Savior, the Savior did what he does best, and he saves. Now, there was three requests that were made. Three requests that were made. The request that the first took notice of is the request of the demons. They wanted to go into the pigs. Jesus said, go ahead. The second request happens in verse number 17. What does that second request say? And they began to beg. It says in the Bible, and they began to beg. These Jesus. are the people who are in the city who sees this man in his right mind when he came into contact with Jesus. And this is their response to Jesus. What did it say? They began to beg Jesus to and depart. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their to region. Depart from their region. What I need you to know and understand is that when people see that Jesus has touched your life, there are some people who don't want Jesus around. You see, because they still have unclean spirits within them, and they know when they come into contact with Jesus, it has to bow. They must say to themselves, you know what? I, I do love money more than I love Jesus. I do love political party more than I love Jesus. I do love my country more than I love Jesus. And when that comes into fruition, those people want nothing to do with Jesus. Those people who would rather be the extreme of blackness 
They love being black more than they love Jesus. Amen. Verse number 18, the Bible says what? As he was getting into the boat. As Jesus was getting into the boat. See the third request here. Now, Jesus, they begged Jesus to depart. Jesus says, okay, I'm gone. That's two requests so far that he's, he said, okay, I'm okay with this. He let the demons go into the pigs, and they said, get out of here. Jesus said, I'm gone. Look at the third request. As he was getting into the boat. The As he man, was getting into the boat. Come the on. The man who had been possessed with that demons. That man who had those demons within him. Come on. Begged him. He begged him. That he might be with that him. That he might be with him. And as I would have begged too, just think for a moment when you had all the demons that you had within you. All the unclean spirits that caused you to do things that were not of yourself. And every time you engaged in those actions, after, afterwards you would think to yourself, why did I just do that? Because it was not of you. It was not of a God. It was you being in submission to to an unclean spirit. And if Jesus were to come and take every unclean spirit off my heart, I would want to go with Jesus too. He asked, can he go with Jesus? Keep reading. And he did not permit him. Jesus said no. Jesus said no. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. Why did Jesus say no? Is Jesus not being kind? Jesus has already showed that he's committed to what this man's future was holding. He's committed to this man being better because he came through a storm and told the storm to shut up so he can get to the man. What happens with Jesus? Keep reading. But he said to him. But he said to him. Go home to your friends. He said, I want you to go home to your friends. And tell them. Tell them. How much the Lord. How much the Lord. Has done for you. Has done for you. Jesus doesn't say go back and tell him how much Jesus has done for you. But he says, I want you to go back and tell him that the one who has power, the one who has authority, the one who can do something about your present circumstance told you to go home and share the message. Tell him what I did for you. And Jesus tells him in his response, I want you to go back to your friends, but I want you to see what the man does in his good state. Keep reading. Uh, and how he has had mercy on you. Uh-huh. Verse 20. And he went away. And he went away. And began to proclaim. And pro- began to proclaim. In the Decapolis. In the Decapolis. Can uh, we say Decapolis, everybody? Decapolis. Can you type in Decapolis? Everybody online. I want you to focus on Decapolis. Jesus said, I want you to go back and I want you to talk to your friends. But what this man does, this man goes back. And this is, this word means there are 10 cities that surround the area in which he lives in. This man was going across all 10 cities telling them about Jesus and what he did. Jesus said, go tell your friends. He said, I'll do better. I'll go tell 10 cities. And when Jesus is able to save you from the unclean spirits that exist within you, whatever they may be, and you know what they are, when he is able to save you from them, you need to go tell 10 cities. That's a proper response to how good God has been, to how good Jesus has been. He went around into these 10 cities and he talked about what Jesus had done for him. And the Bible says that they marveled. Mm-hmm. He lives in a region where there are people who have not yet had come into contact with Yahweh God. One man, 10 cities. Message of Jesus spread. What can the church do? Jesus did not grant the request of the demon possessed man who was now clean because the man needed to stay where he was. He needed to stay where he was planted to be a witness to the power, the love, the grace of Jesus Christ. What we need to understand in conclusion, when we're talking about self-help as Christians, it's not a book by your favorite TV evangelist is not a book by your favorite talk show host or TV or radio personality. Self-help comes from the Word of God. And it's not even us helping ourselves. We're having a good helping of Jesus. We're taking Jesus into ourselves, allowing God and His Spirit to overcome who we are as human beings. I truly believe, I truly believe because we've done it for 400 years, I truly believe that black people in America can continue 
to progress forward. I'm not telling you to put a pacifier in and not request, not ask for your rights, but I'm telling you to do it in a way that God would be pleased with. Things are getting done because people are well organized, because people are protesting in a way that shows that we are about the business. America is showing that they are about the business of Black Lives Matter. This is happening because we're handling this thing with humility, not because we're forcing something to change by violence and looting. Help yourself to a good helping of Jesus. That's my message for today. If you are a Christian and you stand in need of prayer, because I know a lot of us, a lot of us as Christians, including myself, I've looked at some things online that have made me upset. Some things that uh, from people who are called friends, who have, have, have made this whole Black Lives Matter issue, the things of people that are black being treated as human beings who have made fun of it. I've looked at the posts, and I've, be, I've been angry. I thank God that my, my Twitter fingers didn't turn into trigger fingers, as someone says. But that's only because God. It's not because I'm better than anyone else who has posted something that might be bad. It's not because I'm better. It's because of the Spirit of God that lives within me. Because the Spirit of God can speak to me as I'm typing something and say, don't you press send. Amen. If you are not a Christian, I want you to understand that you invite into your spirit a lot of unclean spirits. And you give them a place to live. You can't handle that by yourself. You can't do it by yourself. You can't fix the problem of racism. The, the root of the problem of racism is sin. Jesus is the answer to sin. Do you believe that he came to this earth? He hung, bled, and died in the body of a human being, feeling what you feel, feeling the emotions of betrayal, feeling the sense of being less than as he was beat in front of many people, tearing the skin off of his body, being hung on the cross. Do you believe that? Are you willing to repent of your sins saying, I don't want to just live how I want to live and do things how I want to do them, but I want to live according to the word of God. Are you ready to repent? Are you ready to confess that Jesus Christ is the son of God, pledging your allegiance to him and being baptized for the remission of your sins? If you are ready, if you want to be baptized on today, we will baptize you today. Give us a call at 254-598-2407. 254-598-2407. We will baptize you. Send us a message through the link on the live stream. We will baptize you. If you stand in need of prayer, submit a prayer request. We will pray with you. Won't you do so as we sing the song of invitation? Oh, to Jesus I surrender all to